Video check. Loud and clear. KSL Sports and KSL Podcast present Mode Push, an American view of F1, starting now. One stop. He's with you, Cat. With his f- Honestly. I've guessed it. I've absolutely guessed it. I enjoy this so much. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome on in. It is another edition of Mode Push, an American view of F1, the podcast sweeping the nation, of course. Uh, welcome back to the program. I'm Alex Curie, and of course, my co-host is always Dan Jimenez on the horn here with us. Dan, what's going on, man? Uh, just finally catching up on uh, Alonzo's still third, right? Or is he fourth, <laughs> or did they knock him they down to reissued, fifth? reissued. Other stewards showed up, reevaluated the other stewards' decisions, and uh, George Russell again is able to get the trophy. No, uh, yes, Fernando gets his second podium in as many races on the season, and like it should. I mean, in the end, when you watch a guy who has better pace and he's faster and he's like – I mean, when he took that first corner from Checo, you know it wasn't going to last for very long because their car isn't as good as Red Bulls, but my heavens, like he just – it was that little – it was that, that middle finger and that little something to show you I'm still probably one of the more uh, – you know, astute racers out here. And the only person who probably could have could have stolen that from him, you know, maybe Max Verstappen. But Fernando's such a great starter, so I was glad that uh, that Fernando got the got the podium again. And Aston Martin continues to impress, man. Yeah, I was a believer after that first corner. I was like, you know, oh, here we go. This is going to be a competitive race. And uh, yeah, Sergio got around him pretty quick. But that's <laughs> two races now that Sergio had a poor start. Uh, and I wonder if that's a trend with the Red Bulls or not. Um, I don't know. Max isn't like hi- Max isn't historically like perfect off the line either. I mean, he gets pretty good starts sometimes, but you know, he he would get got sometimes. You know, and and so yeah, who knows? Maybe it's the car setup. It's like okay, if we give away two tenths at the start with whatever setup we have, uh, we'll still be able to get these guys for the most part in the first couple of laps, which yeah. is what happens. So yeah, it could be, it could be, and you know, the, this whole penalty drama with Alonso. Stems from the start of the race when he lined up, yep. uh, you know, according to the race stewards outside of the box. And it's kind of hard to see, but uh, he was to the left, which normally when you think of like a race start infraction, it's like, oh, he started too far forward or he got on the gas too early. No, it was like he was too far left, which is like the first time I recall them issuing a penalty for like left and right. Um, versus and I've been trying ahead to think, of the, yeah, versus, ahead, yeah, of versus ahead of the line. And it's really hard to see. I mean, they're so low in the car. Like, yeah. they're literally laying down on their backs on the ground. Well, and I heard and it, for, for how low they are, too, Fernando's actually even lower than almost most people, not just because he's a little mm. bit shorter, but they say he likes to ride even lower uh, for whatever setup that he likes for his vision, you know? And so it's just like mm. on top of the fact. And so I think that, and, and Esteban Ocon had one, what, last week? And he's yeah. like, I've never had one before in my career. We pull up in the grid and I think that this is, you know, what's going to happen. We're going to see a rule change, not a rule change, but at least I, I think that with the grid setup, put a line in the very middle. These guys can't see mm. anything. They're like, where am I? Like, they're not trying to line up, uh, you know, off kilter. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes they might, maybe they do try to get an advantage. Maybe, I mean, you tell me, it's probably like some sort of a, clean, you know, maybe get some uh, some clean grip or something. I don't know, but in the end. Like, these guys just couldn't see. It's like being in my car, and I'm like, uh, am I about to hit the front of the garage here? If I don't have something beeping at me to tell me, I can't really tell. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it keeps happening. So they're going to have to change something. I was trying to think, was there any kind of competitive advantage lining up there? Like Sergio had to pull off after Sergio got his start, he had to pull to the left to cover Alonzo and cover that inside line. And I guess if you're more to the left then that's more distance right. that, that um, uh, Checo has to cover. So maybe there's some tiny advantage and also like, Alonzo didn't seem very surprised on the radio when they said he got a penalty. He was just like, copy. copy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, kind of maybe expected that was coming, but he's been chill on the radio and, and everywhere all season. So maybe that's just his vibe. But um, so, yeah, so that's where the penalty came from that caused the, uh, you know, the five second uh, penalty that they had to serve under, uh, I guess they, they did that pit stop under the, the red flag or the safety car, uh, which was helpful for them to, to not lose as much time. But man, uh, that's when I guess all all you know what broke loose. Well, that, you tell me because like th- the idea was, oh, they have this jack; it's already under the car. Was it touching it? Is it up already? So the idea of, and, and I guess the, I mean, how how did they win the appeal? Like the way I read it was, oh, other teams have done this in the past. That was their argument. Yeah, what that's what I read is they said that they showed them Aston Martin showed the FIA seven other instances in which somebody served their penalty, the the jack touched the car prior or during that like time that, uh, that needed to be served and the teams weren't penalized. And one of those seven times was previously an Aston Martin serving the penalty um, from, from the prior season. So they kind of showed like, look, you guys haven't been clear on this. The rule book isn't ex- totally clear on if the putting the jack under the car uh, constitutes working on the car or if that's just like helping the car kind of get into its pit box. And so I, the FIA has, I think, a couple issues on their hand. Number one, around this rule on like who can touch the car, what qualifies as working on it. And then the, I think the bigger issue is like their video replay center took way too long to figure this out. Yeah. And it just ruins, I think, the the fan experience for the rest of us to watch the podium. Uh, and then, you know, we turn the show off and then learn later on that that isn't exactly like how the the um, everybody finished up. Yeah, and then it, and then it gets changed back again, so it's a mess. And we've definitely seen guys get their podiums ripped, or guys who they do uh, they don't you know they don't overturn the appeal, and so the guy who actually wins the podium because the other guy cheated or you know the the team didn't didn't do something right, they don't get to have their podium. And so the idea the team was upset mm-hmm. too because they were like, if you would have told us earlier, we would have changed our strategy. In those last, mm-hmm. in the last like twenty four laps or whatever it was that they had, and so I was like, well, why are you? Why, what, not just why are you taking so long, but why not at least let you, let us know the things that we're try, you're trying to decide? Maybe yeah, that we could be facing a ten second penalty versus a five, uh, or even like that there should be a penalty at all or not a penalty at all. So uh, all of it was a mess in that sense. But it was just you know it was a small thing that ended up being they got the right call which is we've we we've seen not happen before and so i'm just glad they mm-hmm. got the the faster car and the better driver for the day uh end up in third and you know poor mercedes poor george just like his whole career is like hey first place <laughs> nope yoink hey uh third place yoink like it's it's just crazy how how the year is uh is worked out for mercedes we'll get into that a little bit as well um this weekend though the big story, of course, is that uh, that Max's car had some reliability issues, and Red Bull had to put him, or, or uh, because of that, he ended up not getting a a good quality lap. He ends up being fifteenth on the grid. Checo starts at the pole, and he goes front to back, leading that race the entire time. His fifth race win 
of his career, the fourth under Red Bull. Is he getting better, or is it just uh, like is he the Valtteri Bottas of uh, of the Red Bull team? It seems like he is just an extremely good racer. I mean, not that Valtteri wasn't, but he had a really good piece of equipment, the best one under him, and that's obviously what Red Bull has as well. Yeah, and he's just shown his mastery on the street courses, right? Um, I mean, if if I remember, it's um, Monaco, Malaysia, here. I can't remember what is what the what the fourth uh, win was, but. He's definitely really good at the street maybe, courses. Let me look. I'll have to look, but I think he did maybe won another one in the, in the Middle East as well, but I'll look here. Yeah. So um, I know his first red win prior to Red Bull was uh, in, at Bahrain at the end of the season. Yes, that's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think he's legit, man. I think he. I think Max is legitimately, uh, I'm not going to say scared of, but I think he is considering uh, Checo his uh, you know closest uh, competitor on the title fight. So, I mean, it, it was really interesting coming down to the end of the race when um, uh, Max started asking about fastest lap and <laughs> they were telling the drivers, you know, pace is 33-0, but, um, you know, Max was, well, what, Max what's, like, whatever. What, what is the fastest lap time? <laughs> and uh, and then in the cool down room or when, you know, they're all kind of getting ready to go out on the podium, you could hear um, the two talking and uh, it looked like, seemed like Perez found out that Max had stolen the fastest lap away from him like when right he was then. getting interviewed at the end yes. or when he was getting interviewed straight out of the car. And then in the, in that, uh, cool down room, he asked like, Hey, like, so I guess I, you know, lost the, uh, or that you got the fastest lap. Did they tell you to keep pace? And Max said, yeah, they told me 33 zero, but you know, it was the, the fastest lap wasn't too far off of that. And he was just, he was trying to sweep it under the rug yeah, and he, you could he see pulled Paris like a, was totally like a, bugged. Right. It, it, and he was pissed when he found out too. You could see like that look in his face, like, oh, like, because it's the difference of his name not being at the top of the, of the race or of like the, 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 the driver's driver standings. Right yeah. yeah. He's down a point. He's down that point. And it just adds to, I love that these guys are competitive. Like, you would hate for there to just be this, like, oh, no, we're great teammates, and that's it. That's the end of it. These guys, I don't get the – like, I think they respect the heck out of each other. Probably uh, – I mean, maybe not, because in the end, you know, it, when you had Max rolling up and saying – and they asked him about, you know, what – what uh, you know, what this weekend was like starting 15th and, and finishing second, and he was just like – I didn't come here to finish second. And everyone's like, oh, okay, but like your teammate's pretty good. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Like, and, and, and you know, so here I'm going to throw some more onto this thing. You want some more uh, juicy mm-hmm. rumor Please. action? Okay. So Nico Rosberg, after the, uh, after the whole thing, and this guy, this is a guy who has been on a team where the two drivers mm-hmm. didn't necessarily like each other and they had good equipment and it was a battle all the time. And you could say it's very much like, you know, this guy who's supposed to be this multi, multi, multi world champion and this other guy who's just pesky, you know, because he was that mm-hmm. guy who stole that that world championship in 2016. Here's what Nico Rosberg said. He goes, talking about um, Max saying, I didn't come here to finish second. And on top of that, he said, it's not good to see that attitude. We were also told that Max skipped Saturday's team meeting, apparently, for no good reason. I don't think it's a good approach or mentality so early in the season when the team has worked its tail off for you and has done a brilliant job and worked so hard. I think he could be more gracious. Um, is him being an insane competitor, an insane competitor, like, is that an excuse for already looking like you're kind of a bad teammate? 
I, he said he was sick on Thursday too. I think he didn't show up to some of the media stuff. But yeah, yeah, he was sick. Well, you you tell me. I mean, is this is this a guy who? And I, you know, then everybody makes everything out of this. Yoss apparently his dad passed Checo, and Checo kind of was like, "Hey," and he ignored him. That was the that yeah, was the report. Yeah, that right? video was was spicy. <laughs> it was weird. Just, it was it weird. was weird. You're like. Yeah, that yeah, Papa Verstappen. He He's he does else. not have a good poker face. <laughs> you could tell how upset he was about that. But uh, and so I'm sure the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I think Max tries to be a little bit more gracious, but I think deep down inside, um, he he wants to win and he wants to. He, he does not want to uh, lose to Checo. Uh, so I think this is going to be actually pretty exciting. And you know all the way back to Brazil last year with uh, Max not following the team's orders to let Checo buy. And now Max not uh, following what the team told him. It was just like, Hey, bring it home. You know, he was complaining of an issue with a, what sounded like to be a drive shaft issue. Again, just that uh, weird vibration at high speeds, you know, Max was attacking the curb super hard. And so they're like, you know, keep it off the curbs, run a 33 flat and just come home in second. And then no, he just went all out on my last lap and, and got the fastest lap. So I'm, I'm sure if you're Checo, you're like, okay, all right, that's it. Gloves off. Like <laughs> if you're not playing the team game, I'm not either, you know, I'm not here to just lay over for you. Right. I, uh, is there an F1 world? Is there like an F1 hall of fame? <laughs> is it just like, Hey, if you're a world, if you, if you were a world champion, then you're in the hall of fame. Like, I don't know, because I was yeah. trying to think about where Fernando lines up. I was looking at a picture of him today, 20 years on from his first podium. And it, they, I mean, to imagine somebody doing this for twenty years, if he has a good car under him, he just he just either wins or is right in that fight, right? And so he is mm-hmm. he's been as impressive as anybody, I think, across the history of the sport. I mean, he's already a two time world champ, but I think that doing this with the longevity that he has, I mean, he's uh, in his early forties now and doing what he does. And I could imagine him winning a couple of races this year, you know, if 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 Red Bull yeah. isn't on their uh, their their A game the entire time. And so, I don't know where we put him historically. Is he a top five driver all time? Is he top ten? And I'm not like it's not like I'm I'm not trying to go. He's definitely better than Juan Manuel Fangio. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> like the old school F one stuff. Sometimes I have a hard time with. But where does he land historically? He had his hundredth podium this weekend. Yeah, un- undoubtedly top 10. And I would make an argument for top five because he's just done it across like so many different eras of Formula One. I mean, it was like the V12 era, the V10 era, the V8, the V6. Like he's raced in all of the, these different eras mm-hmm. where it took, uh, you know, a different kind of car to be fast. And he's like pretty much always been competitive, um, and even in, in bad equipment. Uh, so I think uh, I would put him in the top five. I think he's super impressive. And like you said, I think he's still going to write some history and, and get some wins this year. I'm, I think two wins definitely on the table. Uh, so Fernando has a, a big weekend, but you know the, the dominance of Red Bull is both amazing and also kind of concerning, I think, for people in the sport who go, hey, man, if people can't run these dudes down, it doesn't even matter about the amount of wind tunnel time that they're going to get shorted because of their cost cap issues from last year. Everyone's like, yeah, but Aston Martin, they get 50% more wind tunnel time. I was like, who cares? These guys, their car is so far ahead of everybody else in kind of every aspect, like slow, medium, fast corners, doesn't matter. Their straight line speed is really good. It's maybe not the top, but but their DRS speed is really good. Like They are built for every freaking track, it looks like, on top of the fact that they all take care of their tires so well. Yeah, I think that the head start that they have right now just on pace will – 
keep them well ahead of the pack for at least the first half of the season. And, you know, with that uh, deficit on wind tunnel time that they have, I expect others to catch up and be more competitive towards the end of the season. But at that point, I think the championship will be locked up and hopefully we still have a scrap between um, Perez and Verstappen uh, going into the end of the season. But uh, yeah, they have, they have everybody covered and, you know, there was a lot of hope for Ferrari this weekend, you know, uh, with what they've said is a a chassis that's more optimized for straight line speed. And they got outrun by Mercedes, you know, right? And, and fatalist, everything's over. Like the building is on fire. Mercedes outran both the Ferraris. And so, uh, yeah, they've, they, Ferrari has a long ways to go too. Uh, okay. Now that we got, now that we got, got that out of the way of like this (laughs) team, that's just dominating everybody. Uh, Aston Martin, of course, uh, getting on the podium, uh, after the two Red Bulls, but uh, a dominant weekend for them, uh, for Red Bull. The rest of the field is massive. I, they have a huge personality uh, problem here. I don't. No one wants to choose exactly what they are. I don't know what's going on at Ferrari because they have a fast car, but Charles is already complaining about, hey, the team needs to figure this thing out, um, and Ferrari seems desperate at this point. Uh, um, Mercedes seems like they are definitely like kind of by far the the fourth ish best team, like like a third or fourth best team on the grid. And Lewis was just like not even Lewis was not even like he it was like he was somewhere else. You know, he's like blank stare, yeah. did not understand the car this weekend. He even said that, and that's a massive disappointment for them. And I don't think it's just like him saying, and he's pretty good at going, yeah, the, the car is just not good, and you know, otherwise I'd be awesome. Except for they just don't know what they have right now. I, and, and being outperformed by uh, George is also another thing that he's probably not used to, a teammate kind of nipping him every time. Yeah, I think he's getting really frustrated about that last point, that George is consistently out-qualifying and out-racing out him. Uh, and I think there was a quote he said, something about like, yeah, something about this car, uh, George is able to, it plays more into George's hands than mine. But, I mean, the wholesale changes are coming at Mercedes. And uh, I if Toto's to be believed in the next few races, it's going to be a a very different philosophy on that car. You know, they said this weekend that they had found something in the data and the simulation data that uh, kind of was an unlock for them on kind of proving that the, this design philosophy is wrong. And having been a simulation engineer, I'm like, okay. um, I, I, I just don't believe that there was just some big error. They're like, Oh, sorry. We've, we found the, the big error in the code and everything was wrong. And now, you know, let's turn make a 180 degree turn. I, I, I think that they're probably overselling, uh, that, um, and it's probably easy to just like throw the engineers under the bus and say, Oh, like we were getting, you know, bad data from the engineers. And now, and now that they fixed it, we know exactly what to do. It, that's easier to say than, yeah, sure. um, we, we just had, you know, the wrong philosophy. All right. So across the weekend, Dan, it's, uh, it's our turn now to throw out the people who sucked and the people who did not suck. So, uh, people who impressed you this weekend, I don't care how many you throw out there. Let's do drivers. Let's do constructors. Let's start with the drivers who sucked this weekend for you. Oh, man. Uh, Lando, uh, again, <laughs> oh, I know I, I know, I know, that they both like had their issues with, you know, they had to take an extra pit stop at the very beginning to put on the front nose. But like then they would, once they kind of caught up to the pack after the safety car, they weren't fast. They weren't passing anybody. No. Like they like Oscar barely got around Logan Sargent right at the very end. Uh, so I still think that there's a, a plenty uh, of uh, concern there at McLaren. I, I think that they're bottom of the barrel right now. Um, for me, 
the constructors that uh, I was I felt bad because I don't I don't really want to like uh, totally dig on them, but you know I th- I kept thinking that Alpha was going to be a little bit better than what they've been the last two races, and yeah. I I think maybe this is a little bit of me who picked uh, Valtteri Bottas as one of my I think he's my fifth driver in the fantasy stuff. And so maybe this is just me feeling pissed that he hasn't delivered. But I'm like, man, Alfa Romeo, uh, another just a weekend with no points. And, like, it just didn't really look like they – no one's even talking about him. Like, that's the other thing is, like, when no one talks about him, and it's easy to jump on McLaren because they've looked like dog water. But I do think that, uh, you know, they probably – yeah, it's crazy because – you have Williams, who also didn't do that well this weekend, but you still had like Logan Sargent beat Lando Norris. You know, like that's yeah, th- that that's not th- you know that's not insignificant, and he was maybe a half a second off of uh, Oscar Piastri. So, I think that that these guys uh, at these lower teams, it's one thing to be on Williams that people don't expect much out of you, and it's probably like you know McLaren. Everybody wants to see a little bit more, but I was a little bit disappointed by Alpha just because I keep thinking that they're going to have a little bit more pace. Uh, the constructors that were a little bit more surprising or, or maybe had a good weekend quietly or loudly, however you think. I think Mercedes should be happy with the result, uh, especially after Friday and Saturday feeling like they were terrible. I think they raced pretty well. Uh, Alpine got uh, double points yeah. in eighth and ninth. So I mm-hmm. think that's a little bit of a turnaround for them from from the last race. I think they came into the season before preseason, t- pre-season testing and believing that they were the fourth fastest team. And, um, uh, they didn't look like that after Bahrain, but you know, potentially, uh, uh, the, I don't know. I, I don't think that they're going to be the fourth, fourth fastest. I think fifth is the best that they can hope for with Aston Martin. Cause Lance Stroll is pretty quick. You think he was running top yeah. five, top seven yeah. when he had his issues. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I think those? as on a, on a what? constructor level. Yeah. I I just can't remember what his issue was. Cause I remember him like being pulled over, but then were they like trying to put a fire out or I can't remember how, how it came um, out for him. No, I think he was, uh, I didn't think they said on the broadcast. I think all we heard was the radio call to stop the car. Right. And, uh, I didn't think they, they, they said anything. Albon was brakes, I believe. Um, when, when the safety car came out. Sure. Uh, up, uh, tip of the cap also to the first points of the year for Haas, and K Mag gets the one point, but Nico Hulkenberg is out qualified uh, K Mag both of the first weekends, and he was in Q three mm-hmm. last week. So the idea is that they probably and these are two astute drivers, like these are two really really veteran dudes, and if the car is quick and they are kind of unlocking some things, it seems like over the past couple of weeks, this might be you might be able to see these guys sneak in and, and score more points than uh, and get into that kind of seventh spot maybe in the constructors. Yeah, I think that that is definitely in the cards for Haas. They they raced well, and uh, K Mag, uh, him and Yuki were really really going at it. I thought those two were going to wreck. They were, they were really <laughs> aggressive. Um, and I love that radio call when you when Yuki got passed. Just I don't know screaming. if you heard that, but yeah, it, yeah. It was just like it was like some inaudible like bah! yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. over the radio. Yeah. He was so mad. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that was good for K Mag. I think Haas, uh, they, like you said, they've shown a lot of speed in qualifying, which in Formula One is you know a huge deal. And if they can just keep, you know, their noses clean and stay out of trouble, they should be hunt, like hunting in that 12th to 9th area a whole bunch this season and be able to score points. Uh, okay. Drivers who suck to this weekend. Maybe the equipment under him is, uh, is one thing, but the guys who absolutely blew it this weekend and you're going, what is your problem? Oh, man. Lando. Uh, I mean, <laughs> his, his equipment 
is is no bueno. But <laughs> I think that it, it can't be as bad as it looked. I just don't know if he's racing with, with with how much like gusto is he actually racing right now. Is he is he excited to be battling for 16th with Logan Sargent? I doubt it. I bet he's just running around there thinking about how can I get out of this contract. Right. And he's also, I mean, what's wild about it is is that like you haven't seen a smile on this guy's face at all all season. Mm-mm. Down downtrodden look all the time uh and trying to figure out what's going on in his life. He's just 1000-yard stare. Uh, and you know, if you're Danny Rick, you go, I got out of a good situation. I know I'd rather be in a, in an F1 seat somewhere. You want, that'd be preferable to being a reserve driver, but man, when you can't, when, when McLaren can't figure it out and, and you know, from what you've taught me and from what we've kind of watched, it's just like development of cars to make them fast again is not an overnight process. It's not a year to year thing. Even sometimes this is like, we might have to figure this out, not just for next year, but we have a long road ahead of us. And this is a guy who is probably asking about how he could get out of this contract that he signed for a long, long term if see if he can get out of that thing early. I'm going to go with the people that did not perform this weekend. Valtteri had a bad weekend. Um, I do think that uh, I know that I know that uh, I know that Charles's car is not great, but like he's getting he's get you know, to be to be behind his his uh, teammate and to just not figure it out. I don't know. I, what's the deal at Ferrari? I don't know. And I, and part of it is is that I just don't like how much he complains about everything. As soon as the race is over, Ferrari needs to get their crap together. You know, it's just like, I, okay, yeah, we he, all know even that. During race, like, even during the race, even during the race, he had that little call where they were like, you know, something about in the safety car that he could have like sped between the safety car lines, which is the front stretch and gained some time or passed Lewis Hamilton while he was pitting. And he was like, come on, you got to tell me that beforehand. And he, he's got a little bit of a point, but he does. It's almost like he's kind of believed what everybody else has been telling him, which is like, Hey, last year was all your team's fault. And like, you were amazing. And uh, I hope that that doesn't become his MO because I, I like Charles a lot, but he is uh, an, a bit like Lando right there. He just, is kind of depressing to watch right now. Yeah, uh, Lewis also uninspired <laughs> driving. It seems like, and uh, just not really. It's like it's so weird to see them not in this race after five or six laps, right? Where you just go, oh boy, there. You just see those uh, those interval times start dropping, and you go, oh my goodness, these guys do not have it. And chasing down Red Bull for the rest of the season. Aston Martin isn't really even there either. And so it's just as crazy how much in front that Red Bull car is, uh, you know, going into this thing. So, okay. Other things that we learned uh, from this weekend, Dan, that maybe we're missing here in this one. Yeah. um, The FIA has a lot to figure out on how they uh, divvy out penalties and what their own rule book says. I think that's one thing we learned uh, that they got to figure out. And it sounds like they made an announcement that they're going to revise the rule, uh, particularly about this pit stop thing before the next race in Australia. Yeah. Seems easy. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully they get that figured out. Um, I think that, uh, I think we learned that Sergio is absolutely, uh, in this title fight and, uh, is going to, I think be the most exciting part of this season, him versus max. And that will they let Alonso's, Will they yeah, let that's a, that's I the have question. been thinking about that. Are they going to sabotage? Like, uh, I think that uh, I think they'll let them race until the constructors' championship is clearly uh, in the bag, and then, uh, yeah, man, I, I how that how that goes on behind the scenes, uh, I don't I don't know. Hopefully, it plays out on Netflix. 
and we get we get to see a little bit more uh, behind the scenes next year. But I think that uh, they will tell Sergio to back down if we're halfway through the season and he's he's still pressuring Max. But I I don't think they'll say it directly. I think that he'll just have a series of unfortunate uh, strategy calls and pit stop mishaps and stuff that will guarantee Max a, a few more wins. Okay. But I think we have to get halfway through the season before, to really know that. I think it's if I'm Christian Horner, that's too early to make that decision right now. Yeah, unless I, they start racing each other super hard and destroying equipment, <laughs> which uh, you know we've seen in the past, even at that team. So I don't, and even with one of these guys, I do think that the the, the, the season could be I, – I really hope that the wind tunnel stuff does improve some of these teams. I just don't like that when as soon as the race starts, you already know who's going to win the thing if their car holds up the whole time. Even when Max was like, oh, something's going on. I, I feel something so, – there's there's a noise. Something feels different. And they're like, relax. You're, you're like, the data's fine. It's just this other thing, and that's why it feels like that. Like, this is an easy win for us still. Like, even like you're having you're having what you think are issues. And and even the day before, like, imagine if that would have happened. Like, if that doesn't happen in the in Q2 to him, which is, I think, when it happened, right? Didn't it happen? Right. In, uh, yeah. So, so if that doesn't happen to him in Q2, uh, maybe it happens on race day. And then you're talking about a real friggin' problem inside. You think Yas Verstappen is being cold there. Everybody immediately goes, oh, you gate, like, Sergio has a better car for that weekend, and then you know, then then it goes back and forth already. And so, mm-hmm. I just I I love that stuff, and at the same time, I'm like, it, you know, give us some wet weather tracks so we can have something that gives us, uh, you know, a little bit of hope that it's going to be interesting. But uh, I I do wonder, I do wonder if if this season's going to improve in terms of competitiveness, or if we're just going to have to cheer, you know, third through seventh place in the constructors. Yeah, that's the that's the double sided coin of being an F one fan. It can be an extremely exciting season or be pretty dry, and we've had both in in the last ten twenty years. The FI, I think Formula One is so much more a business now, or it's like it's as much of a business as it's ever been, run by really savvy business folk. And so, there's I don't think there's a lot that they can do to like step on the scale during the season, but um, I think that they're uh, going to be uh, taking another look on how they divvy out uh, um, wind tunnel time and what other whatever other levers they can pull to ensure more um, competitiveness because they don't want a, like a seven year run like Mercedes had sure. with Red Bull. I think that would that would kill the momentum that uh, was really built in F one. I think two seasons ago when Max won the championship and kind of toppled the uh, the dynasty. Maybe they don't want to get into another dynasty run like that. So. It'll be interesting to see what kind of mid-season changes come to like te- like the technical regulations, uh, like we had last year during the summer break that was supposedly meant to uh, hurt uh, Red Bull. So, yeah, I guess I would keep an eye on any of those technical regs that come out. I haven't heard any whisperings yet, but uh, uh, and I also think that there will be um, more competitive teams. But or I think the teams will bring updates that will make them more competitive, but more likely with each other and not necessarily challenging Red Bull, but Mercedes, Ferrari, um, Aston, you know, uh, and Alpine, I think we're going to create a pretty exciting, uh, you know, fight for second place. A couple of weekends here then now till uh, Albert Park and Melbourne. Uh, Help me understand a little bit about this track. Who does it favor the most or is every track just going to favor Red Bull from here on out? Uh, Albert Park uh, was the track that I got to drive the rental car around last year. 
So That's it, right. it favors it favors me driving the like Toyota whatever I was in. Oh, it um, wasn't one of those supercharged V8s that they race with. It was just a no. like a Toyota Prius no. that you rented. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh Albert Park's cool. It's um I guess it was technically a street circuit because it's in the middle of a city. And uh but it's like a it's like a central park, uh just giant city park that um, you know, is I think really high quality circuit. Uh I think that it's going to be a lot like the last couple of races. I don't, I don't expect to see um, one team particularly favored uh, because of the layout of the track. Um, but I, uh, it'll be a day race. It'll be warm because uh, it's kind of summertime going into fall there in, in Australia. Uh, so maybe that's a, a little bit of a different um, uh, environment to be racing in than what we've seen in these first two races of the year, which were uh, night races in cooler temperatures. Dan, we'll get back together in the next uh, week or so, and then we'll really get in and uh, dig into Melbourne and Albert Park and the third race of the F1 season. Thanks for hanging out, man, as always. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. All right, we'll be back again. Dan Jimenez, Alex Keery. It is KSL Sports, KSL Podcasts, Mode Push. We'll see you next time, everybody.